Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Ben Befferman. That's how I pronounce it, correct? You got it. Perfect. Hi there, Ben. How's it going? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. And yourself? Oh, it's a wonderful day. It's a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? Uh, it's a pretty cold day in Toronto, but, you know, otherwise, it's good. Yeah. All right, Ben. So I just, let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I run a company called uh, Amuka Esports. And uh, what we're doing is we're looking to build really complete esports ecosystems uh, in cities around North America. Uh, so we're based in Toronto. We're, we're building out our first esports hub here. And then we uh, hope to expand to cities all around. Okay. So I know there's a lot to unpack there because when we were on the phone before you, you kind of explained what that was and I really want to get into it. Before I do that, I always start every, uh, every interview with a single question. I'm going to ask you the same, just like everybody else. And it's kind of a fun question just to get us started. All right. Get some smiles going here. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Ben? I'm like eight. Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> um, it depends who you ask. If you ask my wife and kids, yeah, I'm pretty weird. Uh, I like weird music and I don't know, I'm an eclectic guy and I have a weird sense of humor. Sounds like you're a typical gamer, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, let's, uh, before I really get into the business side, this is the gamerpreneur, I got to get your gaming cred. So can you tell me, like, when did you first start playing video games? Yeah, it was, it was uh, 1988, uh, so my next door neighbor had a, got a Nintendo, uh, he was a lot older than me, and so we, I started playing when I was about five years old uh, on NES, played aggressively on uh, SNES and, and Genesis, mainly sports games, uh, pretty, good, pretty great at NHL 94, 95, um, took a hiatus for a while, and then, you know, later in life, got back into it. Um, now I play some CSGO, Rocket League, uh, Forza. Actually, I'm really into you know, Forza Horizon right now. And, you know, different things. Okay. So it sounds like you're, just a, you're a born and bred competitive gamer then. Always like to compete. And it's too bad, you know, multiplayer sports, online multiplayer sports games weren't around in the uh, mid-90s because my life uh, tra trajectory could have been different. But uh, I'm still very active in the retro competitive scene. Hey, we had NBA Jam back then. He's heating up. He's he yeah, we, we, do, we do NBA Jam here. And, um, you know, we're organizing a lot of uh, NHL 94 tournaments. So uh, I'm training for that. And I'm hoping to have a big finish uh, at our next big tournament. Fantastic. Okay, so um, what's coming out soon that you're looking forward to? Like, what's, you know, where are you we're hoping to play soon? Uh, game game wise, yeah, definitely Project A. I mean, I think that's going to be the most exciting game of this year if it comes out or whenever it does. Um, Doom Eternal looks like pretty freaking creepy and will give me uh, a lot of nightmares. Uh, so I'm kind of curious to check that out. And the name is on the top of my tongue. It's uh, Ubisoft's like roller skating game. Uh, roller roller skate battle game. You got Coming me on that soon. one. Okay. Well, maybe you'll put it in the notes. We'll, we'll, we'll find the title later. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one as well. 
Okay, fantastic. One last gaming question, then I really want to get into the business side of this. Um, so you've been playing, you're a little older than I am. Um, you've been playing a long time. What's your favorite game of all time? Like if you were on a desert island with one game, what would it be? Yeah, it's probably probably NHL 94. Um, yeah, I, I go sports all the way. It never gets old. It's always exciting. I love trying new moves. Uh, I don't need a game with a ton of story. Uh, I just need good competition. Was that the one where you could just like go around punching out the other players and then like, that was it? <laughs> uh, I remember. <laughs> it, it was the first game uh, where the NHL Players Association and the league came together on the title. Um, so it was, it was a big deal. And uh, there was a controversy uh, with blood and Super N and Nintendo didn't want to have any blood in the game and Sega was all for it. So uh, you see a couple years these games where if you play the Sega version, you, you hit someone really hard and they're like lying like this with blood splattered out of their head. You know? <laughs> but Nintendo, you know, didn't warm up to that. All right. So let's get into the business side. What's your professional background? How did you end up where you are today? I spent most of my career um, as an entrepreneur. Uh, I was a film producer, ran a film production company. Um, I then went into finance, uh, opened up my own investment bank and uh, raised capital for real estate projects, for tech deals, clean tech, and we did a couple esports deals. And that was kind of the genesis of moving into um, moving into esports. Very cool. And what got you there in the first place? Like, what was your, your, your schooling in? Like, you didn't just hop out the womb and go into finance. Um, I, I'm kind of self-taught. Um, I started trading, you know, my bar mitzvah money, you know, when online brokerages uh, started in the whatever, I don't even know when they started. But since I was in my teens, I was trading. Uh, I always loved the markets, followed them, you know, very religiously, uh, made some great trades, made some terrible trades and learned a lot in between. So um, through managing my own portfolio, eventually my parents wanted me to manage their portfolios. Um, I, that's really how I, how I learned. And then gone into private capital and investment banking, things like that. Fantastic. Okay. So um, your, your eSports complex, like, so when we were on the phone, you told me it's, it's, you're taking every vertical and you're putting it into one. So can you kind of describe that for us, please? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, if you're only in one vertical, firstly, let's just even back up for a second. In general, no one knows how to make any money in esports. Let's just put that out on the table. Everybody's losing money, it seems. Yeah, exactly. No one has figured it out yet. Uh, nobody knows. So let's let, let, let that be known as the landscape. So within that landscape, it is very, very difficult. I would even say it's a terrible business idea to be focusing on one vertical. If you're just a team, if you're just a TO, if you're just a venue, it's hard. And I'm not saying you can't do it, but just... It's such a grind being in one vertical. And it made me realize that the only way to make money, and I'm not perfect, I'm definitely getting there in this industry, is you need the synergies from all the verticals, not just owning them, but they all have to be connected and working together. So what we've done in Toronto is take a physical game venue. So we, we actually own the largest esports venue in Canada. Okay. Uh, and then we have a tournament. We have multiple tournament teams that some of them we own, some we partner with uh, to run tournaments five, six nights a week. We have a full content team and media team to start producing content and white label content for as agency work. 
Uh, we have an incubator, merchandise, and then when we put it all together, we've got a real full ecosystem where we can, you know, monetize gamers, uh, you know, amateur or semi-pro gamers. Okay. Now, um, how are you pulling that all together? Obviously, you, you can't be, you're on a one-man band. So how, how, are, how did you even like decide to like go out and find these people to do this for you? Yeah, it started with three people, uh, my, my business partner um, and my brother. So we came from our investment bank. We kind of put it on hold and put all the chips in. So that was the three of us. Uh, we acquired um, three companies along the way and we, and we kept those management teams. So really through acquisition, we've built the team of, I don't know, 14 or 15 right now. Very nice. Didn't even build it. You just bought it. <laughs> you know, we try to, we do try to build our, our incubator. Uh, we created ourselves. Uh, we just put out a press release about our new tournament series, Mount Phenom, which is our own project. So when possible, we want to start projects. Um, but to the extent we can't, you know, we're looking to acquire great companies. Okay. So what's the, uh, the goal then you're, you're starting up in Toronto. Are you planning expanding or are you going to like focus there for a little while and then slowly grow? Yeah, we do. We have a lot, still a lot of work to do in Toronto. We want to add a couple satellite locations. Um, we actually want to add five, uh, campus bars, uh, game, like kind of game pads, you know, where you can play, compete, eat, drink near universities in, in Southwestern Ontario. Um, and then only when we feel that we are comfortable, that we've, you know, validated the model in Toronto, that we're uh, profitable or get at least on the path to profitability, um, then we want to move to the States. Uh, right now we're looking at Dallas uh, and Scottsdale is probably the two, two potential next markets. Okay, fantastic. So what makes you special? Like how, how did you get into this? Like what, where... Um, let me put it this way. Um, what unique skills do you have that have put you in this position and able to grow and scale this business? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know how I ended up here. Sometimes I just, you know, I'll be walking around and looking at all these PCs and just thinking like, what the hell happened? How did I go from, uh, film production to real estate to, you know, to now esports? Um, I, I think, the most, uh, let's go through a couple skills that you need to have. Um, it's going to sound kind of cliche, but you got to have faith. Like mm -hmm. this is a hard business. This is a tough industry. It's a new industry. It's a grind. Um, and you're going to be, you're going to face extinction at, at many different turns and you just, you have to keep going and you just can't give up uh, and you're going to be pushed in this industry more than anything. Uh, so I think that's probably maybe the resilience is what sort of kept us going for, you know, we haven't even been a year, but we, you know, we faced a lot of challenges we had to overcome. Um, and you get there. And I think as long as you really believe you're going to make it to the finish line and, and you have clarity on what the finish line is for you, then I think you're going to hit it. Fantastic. So you said this is a tough industry and I've heard that from basically every person kind of in your position, business owners who are in it, teams who are in it. Why is it so tough? What's, what's wrong with this industry that makes it so, so difficult to make money? So I think you, you, you have an industry where the game publishers run the scene. So um, if you want to look at franchise leagues as an example, so if you're a, owner in the, uh, if you're a franchise owner in the NFL, okay, 
So you have a you have a, an asset in in a closed league, usually with a group of thirty other billionaires, mm-hmm. um, and you are guaranteed to own football for many years to come. And there really hasn't even been any new sports created in the past thirty years, really, with the exception of UFC. Aside for UFC, there's really been no new sports. So when you own an NFL franchise, you got football, and as long as football keeps growing, you're good to go. In esports, if you have an Overwatch franchise, you have the same person who just sold you a $25 million franchise is also creating new IP, new games to disrupt your very business by creating new leagues. Uh, and you have five or six other sports and you know, game publishers that are doing the same. So there's just an overload of content. There's an overload of games, of tournaments and options, and just the pie isn't growing fast enough for everyone to participate in. So I think that's been my biggest um, issue. Whenever anybody asks me where I see the industry going in, you know, in the future, like I see it being so siloed because of exactly that point you just made. Is there any solution to that? Because otherwise new sports are coming out every single year, new games, new games, new teams. Um, every, every game is its own silo. Each platform is its own silo. How, how do we fix that? Personally, I don't really, I think if you're a pure play esports company, it's higher risk, you know? So we're, we're in the venue business at the end of the day that like the vast majority of our revenue is from venues, but we, we can still monetize traditional sports. We can still have the NBA all-star game on and have a packed house. We can still show March madness and, and the Super Bowl and have people come out and eat and drink. So we have a relatively proven model, even if you remove the esports element to it. Um, so I think that's one, that's one area. And I think you just need businesses or verticals that are agnostic to game titles or even agnostic to the industry. Um, you know, companies that are focusing on, you know, mental health and esports is something you can port to other industries if, if the esports boom doesn't work out. So that's my thinking is don't just be pure play esports. The esports industry is a $1.2 billion industry which is a extremely small slice of the $150 billion video game industry. So um, that's one and the other, sorry for making this the long winded answer, but Perfect. Um, $70 billion mobile gaming industry that people are, are overlooking. So when we look at even teams and things like that, we're really going to start to position at more of our energy and assets and capital towards mobile. That's a fantastic answer. Definitely not long winded and, and need, you know, needs to be said. Um, so let, let me uh, kind of move on though, because I don't want to beat that horse to death. Uh, what resources do you use as a business owner? Cause I really want to kind of focus more on business sales, marketing advice. You might be able to give my, my guests, my audience. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely want to give a shout out here. So when I, about a year ago, when I really made that decision to, you know, go all, all in on esports, I needed a esports education or re-education. Um, and the score was a great uh, resource for me. The score esports, it's a Toronto based company. Uh, and I literally watched 50 to a hundred hours of esports content and documentary series uh, about everything. Um, and every day at the end of the day, I go home um, before I go to bed, I'm watching esports talk with Jake Lucky, who I love. Um, and I watch the newest videos on the score and I'll check into Thorin and I'll check into Richard Lewis. I'll check into a couple other people, but there's great re- resources for not, you know, for esports content out there. And, um, I think not enough people, and even on my team, sometimes you know, I'll bring up things with my guys. I don't mean to insult them. They're all great at what they do, but 
you know, they won't really be up necessarily up to date with the Flashpoint uh, ESL Broigus that's happening and, and what that means uh, if, uh, if Flashpoint isn't successful. What does that mean for CSGO or what does that mean for esports? So I try to be really on top of everything. Um, I do speak a lot at events, so it's also important for me to be up to date with all the news. Um, and I think that's one area that esports professionals or people in the industry need to focus on. Okay. So um, that's on the esports side. How more, more on a, the, just the general business side? What kind of resources are you using in order to grow and scale your business? I'm really bad. Like, I don't read any business books. That's you know, like <laughs> really bad. And, you know, I've been called out on that before. I, I just don't have time. Uh, that's not an excuse. It's, I should. Um, but in terms of just, you know, running an esports business, I think, I think it's putting in the, in the, putting in the team and putting in the right processes. Uh, it's about the vision of figuring out where to go. You have to navigate, you have to pivot. Um, you know, you got to utilize the best technologies. So, you know, how do we communicate as a team? Uh, what do we use discord for? What do we use WhatsApp for? Um, yeah. Perfect. About it. Okay. Um, oh, I just had one. What, um, how are you getting clients? What methods are you using to get clients? Are you cold calling or is it discord? Where's people coming from? So for me, um, you know, sort of like my general touch point, you know, for customers is really more investors, you know, as a CEO of a company that's, you know, a startup and raising, uh, unfortunately that tends to eat up most of my time. So, um, look, I, I'm not a hard sales guy. I don't like to do that. Um, I just want to tell our story. And if I tell our story to enough people and then the right way, we're going to get the funding and that's what's happened so far. So, uh, one of the things is, uh, developed a weekly or a couple times a week, uh, series called esports unfiltered, where I take issues that are important to me that I think need to be discussed. And, in no way am I politically correct. I deliver what I think about an issue. Um, and that's been very successful on LinkedIn. Um, so I try to use the tools, uh, engagement tools to engage potential stakeholders. Um, and that's really how I sort of find, let's say, my customers, which are a lot, a lot of the time investors. Um, and I meet a lot of companies because we're in the business of, of acquiring companies. So um, I'll jump on calls with any esports company, you know, just to hear them out, see if, see what they're doing, if I like what they're doing, if I can provide any value, if there's any way we can work together. Okay, wonderful. So I deal with investors all the time myself, but I don't think a lot of my audience does. How difficult is it to engage with an investor and kind of start a communication with them? Yeah, I think the challenge for, you know, esports companies that are raising is, you know, it's hard to raise for a startup in general, you know, because you're early stage, you're higher risk, et cetera. But um, there's this block this investor objection that I hear all the time, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, is people will say the following, I just don't understand how people watch other people play <laughs> video games. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, it's so bizarre because I look at all the <laughs> on television. Sorry, am I not, not allowed to swear on I your swear, podcast? I swear, Okay. <laughs> like, there is so much trash out there that I can't believe that people are saying that about esports when the amount of Kardashian reality TV shows and you're thinking that watching video games is weird. But anyway, I understand. It took me a while to understand that. Why do they have that block? Why is that so weird for people? And I had to put myself in their shoes. And so I'll ask you, do you know what the most uh, played uh, traditional sport is in the world? 
That'd be uh, soccer or football. Yeah. And do you know what the, the second most played sport in the world is? That's um, the UK version of baseball. What is that? That's, um, that's, a, that's cricket. a good way to put it. Yeah, cricket. So exactly. So cricket is a sport that's played by, I think it's like almost 2 billion people. Okay. And that makes sense. India, Pakistan, South Africa. Um, and I was thinking if someone pitched me a deal, they said, Ben, I got this great deal on cricket. And they're telling me all about cricket and the size of the industry and the tournaments and the players and the teams. I probably would tell them, I just don't understand how people watch people play cricket. <laughs> and what's the reason? At the end of the day, why is that hard for me to understand? Because I don't know the rules. And I think that us as, as educators or people in the industry, we need to show people the rules of the game. Because when you understand the rules of Rocket League or Overwatch or anything, it makes sense. You understand the strategy and the economy and all the intricacies of the game. But if investors don't understand the basic rules, they're always going to have that block of, I just don't understand how people can watch people play video games. See, that boggles my mind because the same can be said about NHL, just hockey. Like, I can't understand why people watch other people play hockey when you just do it yourself. So, I mean, it's the same argument. Yeah, and I think that what um, traditional sports did well was they educated the public. On, you know, when the NHL went to Nashville and Colorado and Arizona, people who have never seen ice in their life, they, the, and, and, along with the broadcasters, they educated people. Like they had the Fox uh, piloted the, uh, the blue around the puck and the red when it's shot and and if you watch like the Fox broadcasts in some of these markets, like they explain up oh, offside, up oh, here's a box offside is when the puck, the player goes in the zone before the puck. So I think the key for esports is, um, is there, is there a, a computer? Is there a big esport that you don't watch as an example, or you don't know anything about? Oh, geez. Um, there's so many of them, honestly, because there's pick one. Let's just say. I don't really watch league of legends, honestly. Okay. I know how Perfect. I understand how it's played. I just, go ahead yeah so me neither i don't understand league so when i'm watching league um it, i can't get a a cool user experience because it the broadcast just isn't geared to me like yes it's ex the shoutcasters it's exciting and like i can i understand kill double kill you know like you could kind of follow the but characters and what each of them are doing like, i have no idea what these characters are yeah exactly the broadcasters and you know the production needs to be geared towards non-gamers to grow the fan base Okay, fantastic. Um, let's talk about you. Um, you've, you've been doing this for a couple of years now when you've, you've made the switch. About a year, you, two years, you said? Uh, probably. We started raising for esports companies um, yeah, over a year ago. And I think uh, really by June, in June of last year, we really said 100% we're all in. Okay, so it's been almost a year then. And if you could go back about a year and you could give yourself some advice on how to like make this go a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, better, what would you say? Cause a year's a lot of time. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've made so many mistakes that I don't even want to talk about. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> you live, you learn. Um, there's companies that I wish I went in that I didn't and companies that I did go, go in that I shouldn't have. And, um, I have learned so much about myself and the company and the business and the industry. Uh, I had to make a couple of mistakes along the way, but uh, I just think we've got a much more solid game plan because of it.
Okay. So uh, say there's somebody out there who would like to do what you're doing right now. What are the top three things you would tell them? Like what the three things, a piece of advice would you give? You got to do it because you love it. Uh, and that's number one is you have to have the passion. If you think, you know, Eastport is hot, I'm just going to get in it because I'm going to make a lot of money. You're, you're going to get a reckoning. Um, so number one is passion. Number two is you got to understand that um, your success is going to be your ability to raise capital. So if you're someone that is not fit for that type of task, then um, better not to start your own company. Maybe work in the industry first, gain some experience, and then look to start your own company. Uh, and then lastly, I would say just, I'd say you need different differentiation, whatever vertical, there's a gazillion online tournament organizers, a gazillion. So like, if you want to be in that space, what's making you different? There's a gazillion teams out there. So like, why are you going to be like the 500th team that started, you know, in the past 10 years? So do something different. Um, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, but have something that differentiates you, um, you know, from your competitors and the rest of the market. Fantastic. Where do you see the industry going in the next five years? All, all mobile. It's very controversial. People hate that I say, I don't think there's going to be PC games. I, I, just, I just don't. It's not going to be the scene anymore. And it's, uh, it's like blasphemous for like, me to say like that. Phone mobile or like tablet mobile or like? There's only going to be one platform. It's just, there's just going to be mobile. Now you can set up your mobile to your, to your screen, to your monitor. But at the end of the day, the mobile growth is just so huge. It's so ubiquitous that it's just going to take over. And uh, I think the case for buying a $4,000 PC to game is, is just going to be a thing of the past. Um, I think that there's going to be um, newer categories. So right now, like it's pretty much Battle Royale, FPS, MOBA, um, real-time strategy games. But uh, VR is going to make its way into esports and more physical esports, you know, like there'll be more Zwifts and more um, things that challenge the existing uh, status quo. Um, there also, there won't be consoles either. That's done. And I think PlayStation has kind of already alluded to it. Like this is it. Xbox one X, Xbox X and PS five. Yeah. That's it. Everything else is going to be streamed. So it's the end of the console. Interesting. Okay. Should I make other bold and cra crazy predictions? I'll uh, five years and see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, but yeah, I don't see like, I think PC, it's just going to be mobile. Everything's going to be mobile. All right. Uh, let's talk about you personally. What's something that you try to improve on in your life today? Uh, you know, work-life balance. Uh, I'm married. I have four kids that are uh, four yeah, and under. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, fun. That's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, I want to be there for my kids. Uh, I want to be a good father and a good husband. So it's, it's having that balance um, and taking care of myself physically. You know, um, I, I started on, on a running journey about five years ago and um, I'm on a bit of a hiatus, but um, I went from like, could barely go up the stairs, extremely out of shape. Actually, it started, I, my friends asked me to, fill in for some ball hockey mm -hmm. and after two shifts I threw up and like like on the ground and it was just a wake-up call and I started running and two years ago I ran a marathon and it was like I was so happy that I've come that far and I've receded a little bit but yeah it's it's really important for me to uh to spend the time invest in health and fitness is that something you think entrepreneurs generally kind of ignore uh I think I think 
co-founders, um, I think are better at it. I think they're more risk takers and uh, I think they're just less complacent. So just in general, I feel entrepreneurs and, and, and co-founders in particular have more hustle, more hunger. And when you're hungry for business, you're hungry for everything else. That includes your health and wellness. Wonderful. All right, Ben, this has been a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for your time. Um, how do people find you? Where are you out on social media? Yeah, sure. Um, definitely, I'd love to plug our Esports Unfiltered show. So it's on YouTube. Our channel is Amuki Esports. Um, yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm posting all the time about what's going on and uh, would love to and LinkedIn. LinkedIn really is the best way to get a hold of me. I'm, I'm very active on the platform. Uh, so that's, that's it. Beautiful. That's the best way. All right. So um, as we're coming in for a landing, is there anything else you want to talk about or anything I didn't ask you think we should have mentioned? Uh, no, I think just, I guess, some parting words for esports entrepreneurs is, um, especially people who are not in the industry already, is, is get out there, go to events, compete, play, meet people. Like, um, sending a resume is not the way you start in the industry. It's getting out in weeklies and being part of the community and volunteering and all that stuff, like put in the grunt work. And um, this is a very small and interconnected industry. And if you do right by people, you do well and you have that hustle, uh, I guarantee you, you're going to get rewarded. Fantastic. All right. Ben Pfefferman, thank you so much for coming on with us today. My pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. Gamerpreneurs, go back and watch this one. He gives a lot of wonderful advice here. All right, everybody, you all take it easy. Hey, if you like this podcast, I'd love to invite you to check out a little bit more about me, Dr. Bradford Carlton, the Gamerpreneur. If you go to my website, www.thegamerpreneur.com bonus, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book, The Warcraft of Business, where I explain my history in both gaming and business and how I brought the two together in order to create some very successful companies and help a lot of people. And all you got to do is pay for shipping and processing, and I'll send you this book. I absolutely know you're going to love it. All right, you all take it easy.